This is Dumb Money Live with Chris Camillo, Dave Hansen, and Jordan McLean. Streaming live on YouTube. We are Dumb Money. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to Dumb Money Live. Uh, yes, I've turned my studio purple because today we're talking about Roku. And if you can't see that, it's probably because you're listening to our podcast. That's right. By popular request, we're now publishing the replays of our live episodes in podcast form because every time we tell people that we have a YouTube channel, the first question we always get without fail, is that like a podcast or something? So yes, it is like a podcast or something. Um, if you're into the whole podcast thing, you can find us, uh, just search for Dumb Money Live or on most of the podcasting formats, uh, as, platforms as of last week. Uh, we're still waiting for Apple to approve us, but uh, you can find us on Spotify and on Google and on several others. And if you've found this podcast and you want to watch live, check us out on YouTube. Uh, we're also testing out streaming on Facebook Live today. So if you found us there, welcome. Uh, and with all of that out of the way, uh, let me bring in all of our Dumb Money crew. Chris and Jordan, together we make up Dumb Money. And uh, today we are talking about Roku, the earnings announcement scheduled for this afternoon after market hours. The consensus estimate is negative 14 cents per share for the quarter. Uh, the quarter ended December 2019. Um, and they're expecting $391 million in revenue. Um, they've actually beat projections every single quarter since the company IPO'd. So the big question in my mind is, uh, how will the popularity of Disney Plus play into their earnings? And I'm going to first ask that question to the guy who's probably done the most research of any of us. Chris, how do you think <laughs> Disney Plus factored into Roku last quarter? Oh, this is about, I mean, it is about Disney Plus, but it's about so much more. This is Dave, Jordan, this is almost as exciting as as Tesla, okay? That's how big this Roku earnings event is tonight. I just, I cannot barely wait. But when did we start talking about Roku? Seriously, like a few months ago? Like seriously deep diving into it? Several, several months ago. Um, and I am kicking myself for not having bought any. It's about a hundred. It got down to about a hundred, just over a hundred. We had the opportunity to buy in. You passed, Jordan. Did you pass? You didn't. You haven't gotten in yet. I haven't bought yet, but I probably will. Um, maybe just you know play the play the uh, play the earnings. See, for me, it, by the time I actually understood their business model, uh, the stock had already moved so much. Uh, the valuation seemed out of whack then, but I mean, it, what is it? Doubled since since we were looking at it no no not not quite but but well since, since we first started looking at it well yeah maybe since we first started looking at it but here's the thing guys like there's so much happening with roku there's so many variables and like that's not a good thing right too many variables is a bad thing yeah, it's, right. hard. it's hard to have a high conviction trade when there's this many variables there are so many variables i was trying to get my thoughts together for this episode today i had to make a t-chart Okay, <laughs> I, I I have a T chart with uh, pros and cons, right? Those are my pros and cons for Roku, my scribble, and I tallied them up. That's great. I have, I have a I have a eleven pros and eight, and eight cons. Okay, so okay, so, as I think both of you already know, I have a trade on for tonight. Like I have a I have a reasonably large size trade on, but my conviction level 
is maybe 60% at best because there's just so much at play. So we're going to walk you through every single element every variable that's coming into play on Roku earnings tonight. We're going to talk about things that I don't think anyone else is talking about. I, I mean, I've read every comment, every article, every analyst report. Really, there's some things here that people aren't paying attention to. But more And I will remind our audience that we um, are watching the comments. So um, if you're on one of the platforms with live chat, we, we both Facebook and YouTube have it. And we will be um, talking to you about your comments as we go on. But also, guys, I've been getting, I don't know about you, but I've been getting a lot of uh, texts and messages from people all morning with this coronavirus stuff that came out last night with the change in methodology. And everyone's freaking out over the three-day weekend, the three-day market weekend. And at the end of this episode, let's take a couple minutes to talk about how, at least how I am hedging myself through this three-day weekend, just in case any more funky stuff comes out with coronavirus um, that sends the market into a spiral Tuesday morning when it opens up again. So let's get back to Roku. Okay. You already mentioned, Dave, Disney Plus. Yes. Nothing is bigger this quarter, Roku, than Disney Plus, and to a smaller extent, Apple TV Apple Plus. Plus. Yeah, so that, that's the thing. It, we, were, we were talking earlier about how Disney Plus may have had a big impact, but the reality is Apple Plus is also available through Roku. What have you guys subscribed to? Have you are you subscribed to both of those right now? Only Apple. I, I don't I don't have Disney. I think I've got everything. Everything you can possibly plus. I've got uh, the Apple thing. I've got Netflix, HBO, Hulu Live, um, probably a few others. And oh. you're a cord cutter. You you got rid of traditional satellite, and you're getting your TV through Hulu. I stream everything through my Apple TV, so everything's through the internet. But okay. Hulu's providing your television, your live TV. Yes, me, me, me too. I don't have a, I don't have, I don't have Roku. I'm using Apple TV for my, for my streamer. Um, but, but here's the thing, guys. Disney Plus signed up what 28 million, I think. Subscribe is that right? 26, 28 million, something like that this quarter. Um, here's the thing: 70 percent, excuse me, 50 percent of those signups came directly from Disney. So they signed up through Disney. No one gets paid on that. Another 20% came through their like Verizon deal, something like that, right? So 30% then is split between Roku, Amazon Fire Stick, and Apple TV, right? So Jordan, I mean, you tell me yesterday, what do you estimate they probably got out of that 30% in terms of- Out of the 30%, it could be as high as like 25%. Um, they're, they're the largest. They're Wait, the 25 largest. of the 30% or like of, 25? Of the 30%, I think a quarter of those- a quarter to half could probably be, could possibly be Roku. Roku's the biggest um, device. They're bigger than Amazon Fire Stick. They're bigger than uh, Apple TV. Okay, well, so and I know that for Roku, their their revenue sixty nine percent of Roku's revenue last quarter came from these platform deals. So through yeah. the through the revenue splits they have with their content providers. Yeah. So so here's the thing, we're talking about somewhere between maybe let's just say 10 and 15 million Disney plus signups that came through Roku that Roku is going to get compensated on by Disney. They don't disclose deal terms on any of these, uh, you know, any of these platforms, any of these streaming uh, license deals. They don't discuss that. We have no idea what it is, but we have to assume it's relatively large and it's between 10 and 15 million new 
new subscribers they'll get paid on. Here's the thing. We also have to probably assume that the new deals that they got with Apple Plus and Disney Plus, the new pluses are probably less favorable to Roku than some of the older, less brand namey kind of things. And and Roku also had their deal with with Fox that you know they almost lost Fox apps right before the Super Bowl. So I mean, well, everyone like- is everyone is pushing on the deals. Okay, here's the thing though. I don't think they're getting less. I think, listen, these are the heavyweights. No one has more money to spend on subscribers than Apple and Disney, right? And, of course, Netflix. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I think they're getting great money, great money from Disney. Disney has so – think about how much is on the line for Disney. They've been talking about this for, like, three years, right? Yeah. And if it's finally out, do you have any idea how much is on the line for Disney to get every single subscriber they can to Disney Plus? You know that Roku has a sweet deal promoting – basically, Roku just allows them to promote it through a number of ways through the Roku app, depending on how aggressive they want to get. And you know Disney's getting really aggressive there. But here's the thing that no one's really talking about, but, you know, they discussed it on their analyst calls, the accounting treatment. The accounting treatment spreads out those payments over as long as two years. So we don't even know what types. Uh, we don't even know if they'll get any of that revenue this quarter. They might yeah. get zero. Well, and we also know that they do report their average revenue per user on a 12-month trailing basis. So. Last quarter, it was $22.58 per user. The quarter before, $21.06. So you're not going to see the big jump this quarter because they we're going to see like one-twelfth of it. You might you might not even see that because their deal with Disney Plus and, and Apple TV Plus might be such so that they don't even get paid at all unless somebody keeps, right? Unless someone keeps that subscription for 90 yep. days. Like that could be or past the free trial period, past any kind of incentive period, past some threshold that, that they may have, you know, that Disney may have negotiated. Yes. So we, we have you, no idea. And, and it could have zero, zero impact on their revenue. Correct. So if you read between the lines in their last quarterly earnings transcript, you really get a sense that they're trying to downplay, hey, guys, this is like the accounting treatment is going to – you essentially might not see much of this at all this quarter. So I don't know if, if investors are overhyped think, or, or, or have their expectations too high. That's one of my negatives, by the way. It's one of my cons. Might have their expectations too high coming out of this Disney Apple Plus quarter, right, that they're going to see all this new revenue. I'm wondering, so what if people that have never streamed before decide that they wanted to try out Disney Plus, they start looking around, the best option, the cheapest option uh, would be to go get a Roku. And those people are now going to be, you know, new subscribers looking out at different content on the Roku and then become advertising dollars for Roku, right? You're exactly right, Jordan, because it's it's not just about the revenue they're getting from Disney Plus. If you come into Roku, and they, they company has said this, they have subscribers that only like premium content. They only subscribe to Netflix or Disney or Apple, and that's what they do through Roku. They have other subscribers that come in there, and they only do the free content, which is advertising supported, like the Roku channel. They have yeah. other they have other users that do a combination of everything. So just through and, nat- and just bringing in new customers, if if Disney Plus brought in a new customer who bought their first Roku or hooked it up for the first time when it's built into their TV or whatever they now have a new eyeball to potentially watch the Roku channel. And the Roku channel is a huge 
higher margin advertising business for Roku than than these these rev split deals. So over time, they hope to have their revenue like mix come more from these uh, from their direct advertising sales and and less dependent on the other streaming partner deals. And on your point, Jordan, search traffic is up year over year, quarter over quarter. It is up dramatically this quarter for Roku and all the Roku related search terms. So I would say the evidence is there that people definitely are out there searching for Roku this quarter as a result primarily of Disney Plus and Apple TV Plus. I mean, with all the new content out, like it's just, this is the time that people are going to start streaming that have never done it before. Right. And so they need an affordable way to do it. I think Roku is probably the best bet. But it's cord cutting is the whole trend. You know, analysts have been saying that Q4 was a big year for cord cutters or a big quarter for cord cutters. That has to already be priced into Roku's stock price. That's why it's up 300 percent in 2019. Uh, You're absolutely correct. And also web traffic. You know, I subscribe to a lot of really expensive uh, web traffic data providers and the web traffic stats that I'm seeing right now on uh, Roku's web domains is up this last quarter more than I've ever seen it jump up quarter to quarter or year over year. So that's a really nice kind of data point as well for Roku. Um, so here's the thing though. We're talking about Disney Plus and Apple TV Plus. What no one's really talking about is Netflix because here's the thing. Uh, Roku, historically, I don't know if this is how well known this is or if anyone knows for sure but it's thought that roku really doesn't get revenue from netflix revenue netflix has essentially refused to pay roku much if any money for helping them get subscribers on through roku because there was really no competition to netflix so they're like why would we pay money to roku if someone gets the roku box roku needs to have netflix on there i think this quarter could be the quarter that that all changes because Netflix can no longer just take Roku for advantage, take advantage of Roku. Now that they're competing against Apple TV Plus and Disney Plus, and there's a couple more big ones that you might, guys might want to talk about, like AT and T. Right, there's more coming online. Uh, what CBS is doing their own. All of a sudden, Netflix might be forced for the first time to have to pay Roku. For every Netflix subscriber through Roku, meaning that they're going to have to promote the Netflix shows in the Roku matrix, competing with all the Disney shows and all the Apple TV shows. That's essentially how they attract people to Netflix, right? And so that could be the dark horse this quarter that no one's really talking about. And if they see that happening, Roku might come out and increase their their 2020 numbers because now they have netflix as an unexpected revenue partner right so i think that's a big deal what do you guys think oh i think netflix has come out their uh subscriber costs are going to go up like is that have I'm we sorry, looked what, the other side of it have we looked to see if netflix has come out to see like you know potential future subscriber costs increase um i i'm not aware of that they haven't they certainly haven't gotten that granular at least um to point you know in that direction i think it's just kind of an obvious everyone kind of knows there's more competition who benefits when there's more competition like the very few number of 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 streaming hardware devices that actually 
where everyone has to compete, right? And, and the way that, that Roku describes this in their earnings reports is it's kind of like being in a grocery store. If you're a product in a grocery store, you have to pay for good placement, right? Yeah. Well, Roku used to be a grocery store with a bunch of junk, free stuff, and like one big brand. Now they're a grocery store with three monster brands all competing for that shelf space, right? What does that mean? That Roku, they're all competing, paying more. On that same note, well, we need to talk about this. I don't know if you guys read about this. This Data XU, which is an ad-serving platform, kind of similar to Trade Desk, right? Roku bought them this last quarter. So they now have their own ad-serving platform in-house, kind of the same way that you know Google does and Facebook does. So they have more control over kind of bid for placement and how to monetize the advertising, um, you know, the channel that they have available to them. I think we won't see anything from that this quarter. In fact, I think what we see this quarter, that, that's both a pro and a con on my T-chart because this quarter <laughs> costs are going to go way up at Roku because one, they had to spend the money. I think it was like they're taking a $15 million charge revenue this quarter. In addition to that, uh, I think it's like a $5 million you know, EBITDA charge, but, but they're also adding employee count. Like So that's a negative short-term. Long-term, having your own ad platform in-house is critical for Roku. So I don't know. I think that's a big positive for them. We might not see it play out this quarter. Well, we did see that they said last quarter in their uh, earnings that that Roku channel uh, revenue doubled year over year. So uh, presumably ads on that are going to keep going up. Um, but do you think these new services, yes, th th it's like this, it's, it's this mix of the new services are competing with uh, the Roku channel, but then the, the new services are also having to pay to play and pay for that, that end cap at the grocery cart. So you just, net, net, what, what do we think? You just you just nailed it. That is why Disney Plus and Apple TV are also on my cons as well as my pros because there is a chance that the engagement level of the Roku channel on the Roku box might actually go down this quarter because now people have all this fresh content from Apple and from Disney on the Roku box, right? And that they might not watch the free content as much because they're so busy consuming all this awesome content right, that just came out. That could be a net negative short term. But also, Dave, would that balance out with all the new people coming on to Roku? Like, it I have no idea how it's going to play. No one knows how that's going to play out, right? And so there's, there's no way to know. And, and that's where we just have to, like, look at any kind of social data we have, any kind of platform data we have, just to try to figure out what direction we think maybe people are going in but we don't know what the we don't know what people are going to watch like have you looked at, at at mention frequency on Roku free shows versus paid shows i mean it's so it's so new we don't even have a baseline to it's, to judge the apple plus or disney plus content on. I, i'm looking at it. it it is it is a little soon um there's another development jordan you were telling me about this yesterday i know looking into it talk a little bit about this new tv deal they have for the UK out of China, Jordan. Don't you know about that deal? Yeah. So, I sense TV or something like that. Well, no, I think you told me about that. I mean, I, I think they're, um, you know, the biggest thing with Roku is that they're, you know, not just selling 
these little $50 sticks or $100 sticks and remotes and things like that, but they're also embedded into TVs. And so when you buy a new TV now, I mean, it's just, you get Roku. And so you sign up for an account and then it's just revenue that's going to come in for Roku. Yeah, um, they've announced. But, but are they, is Roku then having to rev split with Samsung or LG on those deals? Yeah, I believe, I believe there's, they don't discuss this, but there are license deals. I don't know how those license deals play out. I, I, I would, I would lean towards Roku having to pay money to Samsung. They're not with Samsung. Uh, to um, Sharp, for example, for, to get into all those Sharp TVs, um, because they get more. Obviously, Roku gets more users, even though it does also benefit Sharp. It benefits Roku more, right? So I think Roku's paying. But this is an interesting deal because Roku is going international. They're putting a lot of resources internationally. Uh, and Hisense TV is actually a massive TV company in China, um, manufacturer, and they are starting to put Roku into Hisense TVs in the UK market. So this is something that's primarily focused on the UK market and should be a huge accelerator of Roku in the UK market. In fact, Roku's came out and said that the whole Roku kind of box or whatever you call them, the Roku stick, right? That's kind of, they'll still do that, but that's kind of the past. All their growth is really being embedded into these TV sets, right? Because if you move forward three or four or five years, every single TV set is going to have either Roku in it or some other alternative. And I mean, Samsung already has their own and, and everyone hates it, by the way. Would you agree, Jordan, you've used the Samsung one. How bad is a Samsung version of like, Roku inside of Samsung. I, I, I have terrible stuff on it. Yeah, the TV that I had was like four years old that had the apps. And I'll, this is how bad it was. I went and bought an Apple TV um, to be able to use the Apple TV apps instead of using the Samsung apps. So do you think there's but a chance? four years ago. I'm sure their apps are better now. And I just bought a TV mm -hmm. uh, just for this room so I could see and myself both. better. And it was, it's insane, first of all, how cheap TVs are. It's a yeah. large TV and it was like 200 bucks. And it's, um, it has Roku built into it. And the remote that comes with it has like the Roku channel has a button and Netflix has a button. The yes, whole TV is based around not needing a traditional uh, provider. And just, you know, the default way to turn your TV on is by signing up with Roku. On yes, a super but, cheap TV, and I can't imagine other people aren't buying these. But Samsung and LG have not folded yet. They have not said, you know, they've not put those in. They have their own, right? And from what I can understand, Samsung is still terrible. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the UI, the UX is still terrible. I think there's a reasonable chance at some point in 2020, maybe next year, if not 2020, we get an announcement that Roku picks up a Samsung or an LG, and that would be a really big deal. But but why wouldn't Apple get the same kind of deal or a, a Amazon Fire get the same kind of deal? Yes, yeah, so wow. Apple doesn't even do this right now, right? So Apple doesn't embed their hardware and software into an any TVs, right? So then they're going to have to come out with a whole new plan to do that. And I'm not saying that they're not working on it. I think, Dave, you know this, Apple loves control. And I don't yeah. think they can get the control they want, the experience they want. Their animations won't be smooth enough on someone else's chip. They need to put their own chip in there, and they're not going to give it to someone else. But um, that doesn't. Uh, Amazon doesn't care. You could you could buy a Fire TV with built-in Fire TV, and what what are the other ones? I, I can't a, a, think. Amazon's definitely a competitor in that space. Um, 
but listen, I, I, I think there's still a lot of growth. There's still a lot of room there. And, and they're, they're signing up these new TV manufacturers. It's really interesting what's happening internationally at Roku. Oh, speaking of internationally, um, I, don't, I don't know the extent the Roku, maybe some of our, you, I looked everywhere for this data. I don't know how widely used Roku is uh, in China and, and the Far East. Um, but certainly there were a lot of people discussing the fact that their viewership might be up significantly because of coronavirus. So coronavirus is another word that's in the pro and the con section. I'll talk about the con, obviously, in a minute for Roku. But that could be a positive um, if more people are watching, right, and streaming because they're in their houses, right? Just don't say that word too much because it gets us demonetized and fewer people will be able to find us on YouTube. Gotcha. Okay. So <laughs> that thing, right, could be uh, could be a positive in terms of, of engagement this quarter. I think just winter in general, people want to be inside, away from any, you know, germs or sickness. And We're uh, in Netflix and chill season regardless. Right. It's time, it's time to be inside and watch TV and stay safe and warm. Uh, one of our one of our um, subscribers just said Ruku's not present in India yet. Uh, that that's interesting. Um, either way, I think international is a big area of opportunity for them. I don't think we'll see a lot internationally this quarter. Um, and by the way, on the negative side, that virus that's going around uh, that definitely could impact production of both TVs and Roku sticks as well a huge potential negative. We have no idea how big of a negative it could be. That's something I'm certainly looking out for tonight on the earnings call. Hopefully it's not a big negative. Dave, could you talk about the Fox deal? That that's, that I think is potentially a, a, you know, a fairly big negative in terms of how it could impact their costs this year. Well, the Fox deal is interesting because it wasn't actually limiting the ability to get the Super Bowl at all. It was just limiting the ability to get it through Fox-owned apps. So if you are a subscriber to DirecTV and you're watching using your DirecTV credentials through whatever, you would you would have presumably still been able to watch it. So it, it, it was basically just a, it seemed to be a negotiating tactic for Fox to say, oh, well, we have the Super Bowl and you're not giving us enough money, so we're, we're going to strong arm you. But it turns out that, you know, they worked it out in the end and it, and it ended up not being detrimental well but you said but we don't know out. we don't know what they're paying and and it basically shows that that these content providers and even the legacy networks still have power because they're creating content that people you know kind of that must see tv yeah i'm concerned what the word worked it out actually means for roku and i, I could be over and they both didn't disclose <laughs> at all what that meant mm-hmm. um and you you know it, nobody left the table happy on that one no that that's what i'm concerned about so like i'm concerned did they have to overpay fox to get that back right um and, and so that's always a concern with these escalating license fees by the way there's a lot of comments about option prices before we get off this um this uh, episode, we I will disclose the exact options I purchased, how much I purchased them for, and kind of how I view the options market right now going to earnings for Roku. So that that'll be coming later. And um, we are we're about halfway through, so um, I, I'd say probably in in less than five minutes, I want to run through and just basically read every comment and and get a quick response. Okay. All right. So so before that, I I, I have more on my T chart. I got to go over. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, First of all, expectations really high this quarter. I, that's always a risk factor. It's a crowded trade. That's obvious. It's crowded really on both sides, though, because it's a 
fairly high short interest company. Um, a lot of people find it both ways. Option premiums are high. Valuation is so ridiculously high. But, you know, so is uh, Tesla. That didn't really stop them from going parabolic this last month. So less of a concern there. Um, I think really some of the biggest takeaways here are what is the actual impact um, of the Disney Plus and Apple TV deal? Is it more positive this quarter or negative for them in terms of pulling engagement away from the Roku channel? I think any time that you have an anomaly event like this, do you agree that we probably will never see a quarter, maybe ever again, that's as impactful for OTT, you know, over-the-top streaming than this last quarter? Um, no, I think that this this is that kind of watershed moment for cord cutting. Exactly. And, and for the you first know, time right ever, there's, there's more services than ever, and two giant names jumped in at the same time. And, and, and while there are potential negatives and there are – you know, there are accounting treatments that, that would make us think that we're not going to see a lot of that impact for maybe many months, if not a year or longer. I still feel like there's a lot more positive coming from this watershed event this quarter in terms of over-the-top streaming uh, with tens of millions of new people uh, coming in to these new, new, new premium channels than there are negatives. And because of that and that alone, I felt it was worthwhile to put a trade on here, although I'm, I don't have a lot of conviction in the trade. But I, I, it was really, for me, it's, I could not play this tonight. There's no way I could not trade yeah, this. Well, I think, you know, no matter what happens with revenue, you'll, you're going to see some numbers that will be positive, right? And that's going to be the number of subscribers are going to go up. And we're going to find out about, you know, the time that these people are having their eyeballs on a Roku device, right? And if those trends are going up, then it could be, a really good earnings for Rogue. Yeah. And, but I think I think that there's so much uncertainty. I mean, we've been talking for 30 minutes about we don't know which way it's going to go that you know, I saw a report from uh on Market Watch where they said that the options market thinks there's going to be a 15% post earnings swing. Um that in the you know, one day after earnings come out. Um but that's less than recent quarters where it was 22%. So Nobody knows which direction it's going to go, and it seems that that the options market, at least, is not betting on as big of a move as as usual. And the stock actually went down. At, they beat earnings last quarter, and the stock went down seventeen percent. Mm-hmm. Recovered within two weeks, but seventeen percent is is a big loss, even though they beat revenue expectations. Yeah, and that's always that's that's definitely in everyone's head right now, and it's absolutely a concern. But I think I don't know. I think we're in a place where I I feel like this call is going to be pretty positive tonight. I, you know, earnings are going to be what they're going to be. I think I think reading between the lines, I feel like we're going to have a really positive call tonight. I don't know um, if we'll see a lot of the numbers with that accounting treatment in the quarter. I think that might scare some people off. And for that reason, I decided to buy my options at the 130 strike, already deep in the money. I think as of today, it's like 10 points in the money. Um, I paid 16 bucks for those options. So my break even, and these are just February month. I don't know if I think I got the weeklies. I got to check my account. I, I don't know if I got the weeklies or the, or the, you know, the standard monthlies. But my, my premium, it was, they were $16 a piece. So my break even on Roku 
is, you know, they'll keep some premiums uh, after earnings. It should be right at around 144, 145. So I'm going to need a, at least a four, maybe a five point move after earnings to break even on Roku. The reason why I bought those in the money calls is because I think there's a reasonable chance that this thing just kind of stays where it is um, <laughs> after earnings. And a lot of those option premiums get wiped out. So even with a non-move, I can still keep, you know, I still retain about 60% of that option premium and I can get out in the morning. Uh, yeah. If I can get at least a four or five point move on break even, I feel more comfortable. There's more downside risk, obviously, going with options that are in the money. Um, but I have more of a confidence that I don't think we're going to see a big 15, 20% drop in Roku. I could be wrong. Uh, but that's just kind of my feelings on how I structure my trade for tomorrow. And Again, Jordan, how about you? Are you, are you making a trade? Jordan? Jordan's muted. And not sorry, there's, uh, I, can't, I can barely hear <laughs> the fire engine right behind me. <laughs> oh, okay. Mute again. I'm going to say that I am not making a trade. Um, I just I just don't have enough confidence in this stock going in either direction. I actually would probably bet against what Chris did and think that the stock will drop initially, but then recover. I I love this company longer term, and this might be an opportunity to just buy some shares. What I wish I had done six months ago. But you're going to wait to post earnings for that, Dave. I'm waiting till post earnings, and I mean it's it's up just a little bit today. It's 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 come back a little bit already from its all time highs, but I'm not in a in a hurry. And this is one that that I I feel bad that I missed earlier, but if I continue to miss it, it's not a core holding in my portfolio ever. This is I can't I can't really blame you. Like I said, I'm low low conviction on this trade. There's just too many variables going into this trade. I, I, it's one of those trades where I probably shouldn't trade it because it is low conviction. Um, but I've spent too much time on Roku the past few months. I, I, I feel like this is the quarter. And listen, I already own Roku. Um, you, but You have fear of missing out if you didn't do something on this uh, on the earnings today. Yeah. Jordan, how about you? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of I'm torn here because, you know, I like the story going into earnings, but I also like to put my money with the content provider. If you think about content provider versus the device, um, you know, I feel like the value is all in the content, um, even though they are pulling a little bit of revenue from that content. So I don't know. I've got to think about it for a few minutes. Well, they're not mutually exclusive, right? And also, I'm not saying Roku. I'm st Listen, the jury's out. In the, well, at least I can't figure out whether Roku is a good long-term investment yet. Like it's it's a similar situation to Tesla. The more time I spend researching Roku and thinking about Roku, the less confident I get on whether it's a good investment or a terrible investment. But for me, this is just a trade on this quarter. Sorry, guys, I'm at my bar and I have some couple a bar fly here that won't leave me alone. Um, like a literal bar fly or a human? An actual bar fly. Like that will not <laughs> leave me. It's driving me insane here. So, uh, uh, but let's, let's, uh, let's roll through some uh, some comments and then we can uh, pick it up on the other side. Uh, first, uh, Brent Gutzberger. Uh, he watch. He's watching us over his lunch break. He was the first one in the chat room. Yeah. Shout out to uh, to the early arrivals. Uh, we have. Uh, Episcore, I got a better idea by Tesla before battery day. And so when the stock has gone up 20% that day, uh, the next day in April, 
Any thoughts on on Tesla battery day? Is that a thing? That's actually completely off radar for me. I wasn't aware of that. I'll have to check into Tesla. Yeah, I'll, I'll be Googling battery day as soon as we uh, sign off. Uh, Danny, <laughs> nice man cave, Chris. You got a bar there too. He's literally in his bar. This is like his, his, it's open. It's open to the public. If you're in Dallas, Texas, you need to go to Chelsea Corner. It is probably my favorite bar restaurant in town, except for the one that I'm a partner in, Inwood Tavern. So please come to Dallas because we've we've got you we've got you covered as far as entertainment. <laughs> Absolutely, this is our game room here, and it's it's. Uh... And you know, you know who else is in uh, Chelsea Corner? Jordan is in another room at Chelsea Corner. He's in our garden room. Great place to brunch. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, Alum saying, uh, asking what platform we use to analyze search traffic and trends. You okay. have some proprietary uh, tools that you use, Chris. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this in the past. Uh, me and Jordan are founders of a company called Ticker Tags, but that's uh, for institutional use only. Uh, that allows you to measure the volume of speech patterns around word and word groupings uh, on social media and places like Twitter. Uh, that's something that we worked on for six years. Uh, we sold that company, uh, and it, it, that's a company that helps hedge funds and quant funds connect what people are saying on social media to potential products and cultural movements and trends. And it, it, But we, we still do that type of analysis, but we also do analysis straight on Twitter. Uh, we look qualitatively at what people are saying on Twitter, um, how they're using certain words, uh, whether sentiment is up or down around products. So there were a number of things that we looked at on Roku. I was, you know, I looked at this Hisense TV deal on Twitter. Oh, soundbars. We didn't talk about that. Roku has soundbars now. So we're trying to gauge the interest in the Roku soundbars. Uh, Google Trends is the one-stop shop for search traffic. I mean, there's no other place to go. Um it's not about and, and that's and that's important to, to point out it you don't have to have an institutional level tool that, that's what what they use and that lets them sort through everything but if you're looking at something very specific like Roku soundbar like whatever you can actually get in there and you know just dig deep and and get a lot of this information yourself without yeah. paying anything. And it's not, listen, I'm not going to give out all the secret sauce. It's it's not just going on Google Trends and searching for Roku, okay? It's, no, it's keyword combinations, right? You want to really dig in to the psychographic things that people are searching for that, you know, because, listen, every sell-side analyst is using Google Trends today. buy sides using it as well. But you'd be shocked at how terrible they are of coming up with creative keywords to really get really interesting granular insight into what people are searching for it's related to them or their competitors and then uh web stats like i use similar web I'm, I'm a you know institutional user of similar web it costs me a lot of money i'm able to see year over year trends not just you know last 60 day uh data but certainly you can get on various web stat platforms and yes and, is alexa still a free platform yeah I, I don't really use that um but you can go on there. there's a whole bunch there's a whole bunch there's a whole bunch of uh, uh, next question from uh, Moo. I don't know how to pronounce the uh, U with a TP over it, but uh, don't forget the Conor McGregor fight. Uh, that was also good for Roku. You know, these these pay-per-view, big streaming, like live events, That that's good for, for all of these and historically moves. Yeah, yeah you know why? It, it, it's a trigger event. It's a trigger event for someone to say, you know what? 
I'm going to go out and and get you know over the top streaming on my patio TV or on this other TV that I didn't because I want to watch the fight on that TV and the only way to watch it right is through one of those services. The other only way to watch it is going to a sports bar and sports bars and bars in general. Anyone who's displaying these things publicly, we know because we both had the fights at our bars. They charge us a lot more than they charge you at a home. A lot. <laughs> a lot more. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about it, but no. <laughs> it is an expensive thing for a restaurant or a bar to have the fight. On thousand, we pay thousands of dollars to get those fights. Um yes. But so, by the way, this, we also use Roku box, and we have Apple TVs here, I think. Um, but we also use, you know, Roku boxes and bars and restaurants, and that's a big part of their growth as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this must be the track. It wants to uh, know what we think about the competition between Disney Plus and Netflix in the long run. Um, I see them as both being winners. I, I don't think there's one winner that comes out of the Netflix versus Disney Plus. I actually think the bigger one gets, the bigger the other gets, because it gives you a reason to leave your cable company like I did, what, two quarters ago when I cut the finally cut the Jordan, you were who's first of the three of us to cut the cord? Oh, Dave, you haven't cut the cord yet. Um, no, I, I, I've essentially cut the cord. I've tried multiple times. I've switched to uh, Hulu for live TV for a while, but I didn't like the way the ad free version worked with the pit. I just didn't like something about it. I can't remember what, um, I've tried, uh, YouTube live, which was good for a while. I've tried, I've tried, I've tried several of them, but every time I try to cancel my direct TV, they keep lowering the price, and right now I'm paying like twenty dollars a month or twenty five dollars a month for for and the channels like that I watch. TVs in your it's house, only one right? channel I watch because everything I watch is streamed except for the Today Show in the morning, and I like to have it on a timer so that it just comes on. I know I'm weird, guys. D D Dave has a really fancy setup in his bathroom that he built where he has a TV in the mirror, and he just wants it to like be on when he walks in. He wants the Today Show just to be on for him. He doesn't want it to the hit Today a show, it's, an, it's an important part of my morning ritual, oh, and if you. it just doesn't happen automatically, and I don't have a way to have a Apple TV or a Roku just automatically turn on to the channel at a specific time. As soon if as someone just they come Fox that does that, I'm all in. Chris, you can Disney Plus and Netflix for less than some people pay for their uh, satellite bill monthly. Yeah, and someone just said their content's different enough that you can justify both, Chris Erickson, and I totally agree. Like, they're not really competing with each other, which is once you start watching them, you realize that. And also, I think uh, Roku gave out a really cool stat on their last earnings call that cord cutting, ready, over the top, it, it only receives 3%, 3% of television ad budgets. Could you believe that? Even though 29% of the public in the U.S., are over the top now, right? Subscribing to these services. They're only so think about how much growth there is in TV ad budgets for Roku to accumulate, right? As we start to accelerate this trend. Yeah. Uh La La Law just uh commented, well, actually a while ago. We're 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 trying to get through the comments as quickly as we can, but uh saying that the Disney CEO tends to give the uh partners a pretty good deal. So just some anecdotal information there. Um, contract prices are really high for Roku. Yes, it's 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 a uh, there's a lot of premium in these in the money options right now. Uh, it, it's it's painful. Um, it really is, buying those options yesterday for me was really painful with that premium. But hey, if, if you want to play Roku, that's you have no choice. That and it's it, they're high for a reason, right? 
they're high because there's not a lot of that just shows you how little the market understands Roku, right? Like no one really understands what's going to happen tonight. And and that's part of the, I hate, it's the fun of playing. I shouldn't be this fun, but like it's, it's real money that you're losing, right? But it is kind of fun that it, everyone's kind of guessing, right? So you spend a lot of time, you do your research and I just done way too much research not not to put a trade on tonight. I just uh, have been flashing through some uh, some comments on the screen. Good conversation in the comments between uh, Chris and Danny there. Um, so it's this is I love having these kind of conversations and having an audience that's engaged oh. and and talking about about Wait, this. Wait, are you talking about the win puts that they're talking about? The win, the win, uh, like the, the 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 casino puts over in Macau. That's what they're talking about. Um, no, they were, well, I'm, I'm still Danny back uh, comments I'm, that were coming in 15, 20 minutes ago oh, where they're talking about, uh, Netflix and, um, it's awesome. asking why we're not responding because, because we're getting to things as fast as we can. All right. No, no, listen, I want to spend 30 seconds talking about this because I didn't tell you guys yet, but I also picked up some wind puts today. You know, I had wind puts a couple weeks ago and like, you know, our theory about China, uh, they're just supporting those stocks with American, with Chinese interest. I think they'll continue to do so. Still, I just felt like I wanted to play win for the weekend um, in case anything else comes out in coronavirus. Oh, excuse me. I'm not supposed to say that word. But it's, it's I, okay. I We're did, in a news-based format. I did pick up some puts on win again. I'm only going to hold them for a few days. I just still can't wrap my head around the fact that people think that they're going to open up those casinos after the two-week period. I think we might get an announcement in the next five to seven days saying that, hey, Macau is shut down for at least an additional two weeks. That will be a full month. And I just don't see people going back to Macau for a couple months at minimum. I'm just shocked at how well these casino stocks have held up. Yeah. And, um, you know, People are saying in the comments that buying a call the way you did with with just a single call is is basically gambling, which it is. You're you're, well, you're making I would, a. I would definitely not call gambling. Um, listen, I I do have a problem. I mean, I do have a problem with that. It, it's here's what it's like, guys. So gambling. All right, it's like gambling if you're gambling on the on a roulette table and you know that there's you know, it's a 60, 40 chance. Like, let's say you were able to pull four or five of the black numbers off, right? So now you have a much better chance of hitting red. That's what it is. You you know, you're, you're not confident, but you know you have a 60% chance, right? I told you, I had I had 12, what, 11 or 12 positives and eight negatives on, on my T-chart. So I'm not confident in the trade, but that doesn't mean it's gambling. I still feel that there's more positives and negatives here. So I know that the odds, at least according to my research, are on my side. Now, I still think there's a 40% chance I lose on this trade, but, I'll, you know, it's my research. Um, it, it's and it, it's not it's not so much gambling as it is making an informed decision. But you know the risk. There is real risk in this trade. Um, a, a note from India: um, Surya says that Amazon, uh, Hotstar, Netflix, and many more have already captured the India market. No chance of Roku entering there. That's probably why they're not there yet, and that and that's okay. Like I said, this is this. We're not discussing a long-term trade on Roku right now. We're discussing a trade for tonight, a one-day trade on Roku. Uh, whether it's a good long-term holding or not, I, I'm cl I'm still clueless on that one. Yeah, and for me, I'm not making this uh, 
one night, one day trade. I'm more interested in the company as a long-term hold. And if it if it can pull back because earnings beat expectations and yet still somehow go down, uh, that might be a buying opportunity for me. Hey, Dave, can we take a quick second and remind everyone we're not financial advisors. So we're not telling you what to do. We're just telling you what we're doing. Your risk tolerance is different than our risk tolerance. So please don't take this as financial advice. This is educational and for entertainment purposes. Um, you make your own decisions based on your own research. Yes, we are definitely just investors. We are not financial advisors. We are not uh, professionals. We, we're, we're, not, we're just giving you opinions about what we're doing. Okay, so what, what else you got here, Dave? Um, well, we've already talked a little about uh, the uh, the win puts. Um, we need to look up this battery investor day thing. That that's interesting. <laughs> um, um, they say where do we, we see central trade boards coming up. So basically, instead of trade boards, we think this this real time uh, every every week. Even more frequently, if there's some breaking news or a reason that we are are going to make a trade, um, I think that if we just kind of get in this in the habit of doing these on um, on Thursday mornings, that's that's where you're going to hear about our trades. And Chris walked through his essentially it's his trade board. He did the uh, one thirty strike price. He bought them uh, the February. He thinks the weeklies at sixteen dollars. His break even is forty four to or one forty four to one forty five ish. So that's our trade board. Yep. I need the animation that goes, that's a trade board. <laughs> trade board uh, minus the, all the production value. It's. Do you know how hard those were to make? Like to have any kind of a timely format. And that's why That's why the information, it, it moves so fast. And we're, we're doing a one-day trade. By the time Chris told me that he was making a trade and got a video a shot of him saying it and then handed it off for editing. It, it was, it was too late. So oh, I have another trade board though. Uh, I promise I talked about this at the beginning of the episode. Um, I think there's a lot of funky stuff happening right now with this virus. Uh, the methodology in terms of how we um, assess transmission rates is no one really understands it right now. Uh, the, the, the information coming out of China is really confusing and we have a three day weekend uh, markets closed on Monday I don't want to, as you all know, I have a very large portfolio. I, I don't want to hold that through the weekend without some hedging position. So I have purchased the 136 SPY puts that expire on Tuesday. So that's the 136 strike price puts. They expire on Tuesday. I purchased just enough to hedge 50% of my portfolio uh, through the weekend, and that will allow me to sleep, uh, you know, well until Tuesday. I just think there's a lot of funky information coming out right now. And in fact, I was just listening uh, before we started this uh, episode. Uh, the U- U.S. came out and basically said that they had, they no longer had confidence in the numbers coming out of China on transmission rates. And I, I just, I don't like it. I want to get at least two or three or four more days of transmission rates to see that this thing's leveling out. Just reading through more comments here. Um, more on battery day. We'll have to look that up for sure. Uh, hey, someone said they wanted a copy of the book. Just go to dumbmoney.tv forward slash book. Uh, but, you know, just enter the form. I'm delayed getting copies out. But if you reside in yeah, the U.S. If you've already put your name on the list, um, 
we we have not sent them out in, in quite a while. Did you ever get that that uh, those boxes that were in your car for so long shipped I, off? I have everything I need to send them out. I just have to do it, and I will do it really soon. I promise. Um, as long as you reside in the U.S., though, can't ship them internationally. Sorry, guys. That's right. Um, they they uh, they want us to give a free membership to Ticker Tags. I think it's important to let everyone know that you guys don't own that company anymore. No, no we don't own it. Uh, it that it company is, it's it's long gone. Sorry, it's an institutional platform. And I think I've I think I've uh, flashed through at least all of these uh, comments that have come in to this point. So I feel good. Dave, what do we have coming up? Um, some really cool stuff next week. Or when is that? Oh, next week we actually have a an amazing episode for you um, on Tuesday. If Chris uh, gets his footage uploaded. I saw that all of your uploads failed last night. So uh, like, like four of them made it through. So you need to upload. Okay. 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 <laughs> anyway, if he gets his footage up, it'll be on on Tuesday. And we're going to, we're going to talk about our forever stocks. That's the one stock that each of us never plans to sell. Uh, we're also going to give you an update on how coin rolling is going. Uh, we're going to show you how difficult it actually is to get a large amount of half dollar coins. Uh, <laughs> plus, we're going to give you an update on the medical consumer product technology company. Uh, we're considering and investing in it. It's a company that we can't really talk about the company, but we can talk to you about the process of vetting a company when we're deciding whether or not to invest. So that should be good. And also, as this is this is a jam-packed episode. If that weren't enough, we're also going to be meeting with the founder of a local uh, business, a startup that hopes to do what Dry Bar and other blowout type salons have done. Oh, this is a cool one. Other more textured hair types. Um, I had no idea about this before the meeting, but I, I think it could be huge. All yeah, of that more Tuesday morning. <laughs> All right, I will upload. I'll upload my video, Dave. I promise today. All right, are we are we wrapping up now? I I think we have to because we have to tape an episode of Dumb Money like in an hour. And, we actually uh, have to go talk about our forever stocks. We have we have not ordered that yet, and that's the the thing that we're leading off the episode with. But we're doing that over lunch. Where are we gonna? Eat? Where are we doing that? Barbecue. Are we doing barbecue? Or are we going to Chelsea? Is no, no they're not no, open until tomorrow. Uh, oh, can we go? Be- can we go to? Oh, that other place around the corner is not open, in, except for on no, Fridays for lunch either. No. All right. Uh, we'll figure something out. <laughs> I think we had a couple new ones. You, Jordan, you want to go to that barbecue place in Lakewood, don't you? You want to What's that one? What's it called? It's just Lakewood Barbecue. I'll, I'll do it. It was good. Do, it. do you have any uh, thoughts on NVIDIA? NVIDIA. Uh, it's been honestly, it's been a while since I've gone deep on Nvidia. I'm not trading it. I don't own it right now. I'm. I don't have anything positive or negative to say about it, other than I've heard that. Uh, I recently heard some negative stuff just on on where chips chips are going, and and I I don't want to comment on it. I don't have enough info. Um, I'm I'm guessing. Do we know what a restaurant called Hard Eight is? Chris is suggesting we go there. Chris Erickson. It's a drive. We'd have to drive to Carrollton. Oh, too far. No, I'm not going yeah, to Carrollton. We should go to Hooters. <laughs> no, well, we, we don't do that. We don't do that anymore. Uh, cozy Kitchen is great. I, we have we have some local viewers. Either that or people are on Google uh, Google Maps, like searching for what's around us. Cozy Kitchen's good, but it's not barbecue. It's great, but it's like twenty dollars for like a little bowl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
no, I want my barbecue today. Let's do it. All right. So figure it out. Let's, let's wrap this up. Any any other comments from you guys? No, we're we're good. Let's get out. I, I have. Uh, I, I listen. I can't wait to, to for this earnings call this afternoon. We'll we'll see if uh, we can make some money today. All right. Well, I'm going to thank you all for watching. And if you're on the podcast, welcome. Thank you for listening. Thank you all for the comments. Uh, we will be answering comments. The this the live chat sometimes disappears mysteriously from uh, YouTube after the fact. So if you have something that we haven't addressed that you want us to talk about, put it in, go, go back to the replay, put it in the comments. And over the next like 24 hours, we'll respond to every single comment that comes in in writing. Uh, that's on youtube.com slash dumb money. Uh, so post a comment, hit the like button, subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, we're going to be back live next week, same time, same place. I'm actually going to be traveling. Uh, I'm in a remote off the grid part of Mexico. So it might just be the Chris and Jordan show next week. But uh, no, you need to meet a startup in Mexico, Dave. I told you that you got to find well, I will. I just don't know if I'm going to be able to do this live thing because I'm, I'm going to this this literally the they don't have electricity. It's like a generator based uh, place. So. Anyway, before then, make sure you uh, watch next week's episode on Tuesday if uh, Chris gets his footage to me in time. And if you haven't seen this week's episode, you really should go watch that next. You will not be disappointed. It's it's really good. Oh, and I have a new video that I'm posting on my other channel tonight. That's all about how to beat banks on high interest savings account. YouTube.com slash Hey There, Dave here. Um, that's all for today for Chris and Jordan. My name's Dave Hansen. Where's this uh, ending? sequence here right <laughs> we'll see you next time